Hi, I'm your host, Tina Clark, and welcome to My Weirdest Experience Podcast. This is the podcast of the weirdest experience that has ever happened to you and gives you a venue to fully express yourself and share your weirdest story with the world. This is the No Judgment Zone, a safe place to share your experience. It's also a place where we discuss what happened to you and share some possible theories on what and why this happened. If you would like to be on the show, email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Christina Ray Stanton is my guest today. She is the author of Faith in the Face of COVID-19 and Out of the Shadow of 9-11. So she lived, been living in New York for 30 years. They were just chatting, pre-recording about that since I am a native New Yorker. And she today she's going to share a little bit from both her books, just her experience after 9-11 and after getting COVID in March 2020. Welcome to the show, Christina. Hi. Thanks for having me on. So, Talking about these two, two lovely subjects, very uplifting for today. <laughs> oh, yes, but very relevant. And I yeah, actually, yeah, I actually been wanting to talk about COVID, but I'm kind of weary because it's a very controversial topic right now. And, you yeah, know, kudos true. to you for writing a book about it because I can't even articulate right now about putting a blog post about it but anyway (laughs) so take it away Christina how we want to begin well you know one of the reasons why I wrote that COVID book I started writing it right pretty much right during my recovery meaning when I knew I was going to survive it because I almost didn't so so if I got COVID in March 2020 I think I started the book on after a month And I just really wanted to work through my feelings and how crazy that experience was and how scary it was. And, and so, yeah, I just did, uh, it's kind of like a, definitely a a play-by-play of, of when uh, the few weeks uh, leading up to it, when I got it, what it looked like, my two hospital stays, the doctor telling me I had a 50% chance of dying from this or surviving (laughs) at a 50, 50 chance. And then um, the aftermath is, that was when it took me several months after that, because I was still processing and what if I learned from that experience? And, and, and I did actually even right away, learn, learn some, I guess, life lessons, but it really helped me kind of uh, deal with my feelings Yeah, because it, it just, it was just crazy. It was such an emotional roller coaster. Part of COVID, at least how it affected me was to put me on emotional roller coaster. So yeah, I went yeah. through the same thing. I mean, that was, so. Uh, I was glad to write about that. Yeah, so just so the Very audience, cathartic. yeah, so the audience know I got COVID in July, two thousand twenty-one. So it's only been a few weeks since I haven't been sick. So, wow. I mean, wow. tell me how it started for you, like the symptoms, wise, because the symptoms are so bizarre and all over the place. 
and everybody has different ones or different combination and there's so many symptoms. So how did it start for you? The symptoms came on all at once. I was actually spending spring, uh, my niece's spring break with them in Tampa. And we had all these things planned and, and um, their mother was, was deployed overseas. And I just kind of felt like, oh, we've got, we're going to have this grand old time. It's my, my niece is graduating from high school and, and um, yeah, it'll be really good, good uh, time together. And I just remember going to, um, going to bed and feeling like, wow, something's funky. I feel weird. And I'm 52. You know, you, you, when you get to that age, you, you have a handle on your body and how it reacts to things. And with, when, when you're feeling uh, unique and unusual, you take note of it. Because at this point, you've, you've really felt a lot of things twice over at least, right? Right. But uh, so quickly, I got to where I really couldn't stand up. Um, I, I, I literally felt, felt faint when I would stand up. Also, this incredible thirst, which I found just awful. It, it was almost the sensation of being out in a desert and pouring water down your gullet. It comes out the other end and there is no kind of satisfaction of, oh, I drank enough. It's mm-hmm. like I couldn't drink enough to feel like I, that I wasn't in a desert, this hot place, and that that was a terribly uncomfortable feeling that 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 was just um, ever present. And my temperature shot up to 103. I haven't had a temperature I I don't know 20 years, 25 years, not, especially 103. I mean that yeah. was just um, yeah, and so. Uh, just, you know, several things. I mean, I definitely lost my sense of taste and smell. And unfortunately, after all this time, I hadn't gotten it back yet. Um, my sense of, of smell, extremely faint. But um, I, that might be a permanent loss from what I've understood because I've visited several doctors. But at any rate, so just right away, it's just like, whatever this is, I've never felt it before. Mm-hmm. And I remember I'm a text message group member of um, some high school friends. And I remember telling them, y'all, something doesn't feel good. I hope it's not the COVID. And all of them were like, no, because, you know, in March 2020, that really did seem, it was, it was clearly here. It was clearly a threat, but it still seemed far, right? Yeah. And, and no, nobody, none of us knew anybody personally who had gotten it. And, and um, so I woke up the next morning and I was like, girls, girls, I've got, I, I do think I have this. I really did know right away and <laughs> didn't believe me until I was in the hospital just a few days later. And um, yeah, so it was um, just, but for me, it, it was actually a very painful experience. I, mean, I, I don't read a lot of excerpts about who got COVID uh, of, of the incredible pain. That was about the most pain I've ever been through ever. I just found it extremely painful, extremely uncomfortable from, uh, from every part of my body. I just, I felt like I was on fire. Every bone in my body ached. I was feeling like there was roaches or some kind of a, I don't know, an insect running across my limbs. 
I get these very strange sensations in my stomach and it, it felt like there were there was entities aliens that are doing a race with each other it was just really completely bizarre but oh in a lot God. of ways I felt like an alien had invaded a literally an alien had invaded my body and was trying to kill me and there was one night just one night in particular that it tried really, really hard. And I still, I'll never forget that night because it was literally a battle of the wills. Who was gonna win out? Mm -hmm. And that virus, that alien inside my body tried just really hard to kill me. And I really, one of the only reasons why I'm here is because my husband recognized something really bad is going down. And that was between hospital stays. As a matter of fact, I had just get, gotten out of the hospital mm -hmm. and faced that night. but. That was the night that it was literally a battle of the wills, and um, and the, the the virus almost went out. Didn't uh, happily, but um, came real. It was a it was a nail biter. Yeah, I I was sick about two weeks. I didn't go to the hospital, but that looms in your head when you're sick with COVID. You know, yeah. Well, just you know, people can turn quickly. The ones that get really sick from it. Yes. So at one point, I remember my friend texting me um, and she said, well, Tina, you got to fight this like a New Yorker. You know, you got to you got to fight it. You can't just, you know, go, oh, you know, woe is me. You got to get into it. And that really helped to me. And um, I actually commanded the virus to leave my body. And wow. I said, wow that because I believe in the power of words and and talking aloud and I said if if I gave you permission to come into my body I re revoke clear cancel delete that permission and you must leave I command you to leave and I did that a couple of times and, and I so agree with you in that because truly it really it really had the effect of feeling like an an, a foreign entity of, of a of a being of an evil being got into your body and you're telling it you gotta go i'm or in my case i i didn't say what you had said i just had said i'm going to beat you and and to tell you the truth you know i i i said that and i intended to but when the going got tough there was i i kind of realized this this is a fair amount out of my control and I also did kind of pray, well, God, if, if this is the end of the road, if this is my lot, if this is where it's supposed to end for me, then I don't want to, I don't want to go down angry. I don't want to go down, um, taking like a baseball bat against the, you know, flailing it against the wind. I want, I'm okay to go. Um, you know, but there, if there's any fight in me, you know, uh, I'm, I'm willing, I'm willing to fight, you know, so it's that kind of, kind of, um, um, dichotomy of like, I will fight it, but if, 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 if it turns out this is the end of the road, I, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that too. So right. I was trying to navigate between, between those. Well, it was like a combination of fighting it and honoring my needs at the moment. So, you know, allowing myself to rest, mm. allowing even though I was hoping every day I would feel better that the next day I felt the same, I said, okay, then more rest, more taking care of myself, you know? So, yeah. so what happened afterwards? Because I would like 
I was surprised by the mental and emotional during, you know, the emotions and the thoughts during it, but afterwards, it was like an aftermath of it. Did you experience that? Okay. I did. I did because, and the whole actual fight lasted uh, about a good solid month to five weeks. And it was, again, I, I really didn't, I really wasn't convinced that it wasn't going to kill me until, until about a good solid five weeks um, out. And once that hump was over, then, you know, I felt my body was ravaged. I felt like it had, it might have done some serious damage that I'm like, where do I even, do I need to pick up the pieces of my body? What do I need to do to, um, to make it whole again, to, 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 to um, basically heal from that experience? Because I, I really felt that whatever that was just did some, some serious damage. So I got to, yeah. let's assess that. So, so a lot of, I was geared towards, I want to assess this damage because there is damage to myself. And I, I knew it. And um, I did, I am still considered like a long haul. Um, person, which means somebody who continues to show symptoms um, over a year later. And so, so that was, uh, that was like number one. Okay, what do I need to do? And then number two, you know, mentally, the mental aspect was, um, what the heck was that? (laughs) What the hell just went on? Literally hell. And, and there there was, um, you know, trying to, trying to make sense of, uh, wow, I've just never experienced anything like that. Is there anything I can gain that can better me? Is there any, did I, I was really trying to, I, I, I'm just someone who doesn't really believe much in um, coincidences yeah. or, yeah, and I just, I, 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 I make meaning out of, out of most everything, or I try to connect up. Yeah. everything I, I do mm-hmm. actually think it's a personality type but for you know so maybe I call I'm a typical Enneagram seven and I understand that Enneagram sevens do that but I mean whatever if it's a personality type that's just what I do and I, I was trying to connect up the dots what can I learn and, and how do I grow through that experience and I, I was immediately um trying to assess assess that and so um and then and then finally I would say that um I was I was I was a little angry I was a little a little angry of like, wow, you know, I, by the time I started getting better, um, that's when other people started getting it. And other, a lot of people, most people I know didn't have anywhere near their experience that I had. And I, I really felt jealous for a while. I'm like, oh, somebody had the sniffles, mm-hmm. you know, they got COVID and, and uh, they slept a lot, <laughs> you know, and, and of course I didn't begrudge them of having a, a mild case. I'm very happy, but it, it also made me feel defective. Like what's wrong with me? Why did I get a bad case? And, um, you know, how am I defective? And does this have bigger meaning for, you know, this is for, for what kind of a life, life and lifestyle and, and um, end of life that I'm going to have, you know? So, so th- there was, yeah, there was a lot going on for sure. Mm-hmm. I felt the same was- and I was angry during it. You know, like I was like, where did I get this? No one else came down with it. Um, luckily, I'm glad, you know, but no one else was symptomatic. Um, I taught I taught Reiki that week before and two of my students took a test and tested negative. 
I hugged these people just a couple of days before, you know? So I honestly thought, and I feel kind of naive saying this now, but hindsight's 2020, that if I got it, it wouldn't be bad, you know, because I have a very good immune system. I'm not on any medication. I don't have any long-term chronic health problems. I can't, I probably got the flu over 20 years ago, but it's a vague memory. If I got a temperature, it was like one to two days it would last. So this, and with COVID, it was a week, yeah. a week. Yeah. So I went through that. And then afterwards, I don't know if it's something funky about the virus and you're you're probably a good person to talk to about this because you like to look at the meaning of things. And the, I'm, I'm a big picture person. So I like to, you know, why is this happening to me? Because um, last year I felt like I was kind of observing the whole COVID thing. It was really strange. Like I know people were coming down with it, but nobody in my inner circle was. And then of course, well, you know, I experienced it though. But it was sort of like feeling really down, kind of depressed, which is not like me, you know, to feel that way. And, you know, I had to talk it out and have a cry with my husband. Mm -hmm. And, but luckily that didn't last. Did you experience that? Yeah, there was some depression and there was definitely some anger. And, you know, one thing I write about my book and the, the faith in, in the face of COVID-19 is, is there were some positive things to come out and in the sense of, and that, that helped get me through some of my frustration and anger. So for instance, I got it so early, like when the country was shutting down that um, I was, I was, suffering from it when deliveries were halted and deliveries that we all rely on now for, uh, for the most part nowadays. And so I had to rely on people again and think of it. It's been a long time since we've all really had, really had to rely on people. Mm -hmm. We can order things out at our fingertips and it comes right to our door. You know, there's, it's, we have such a control kind of uh, culture because you know, everything's at our fingertips. Again, everything's on the computer online and, and, and things can be delivered. And so, but no, I was back to kind of the, the old 1950s of people came and dropped off food. And yeah. of course they'd leave it at the front door. And run, they run off like the devil, you know, <laughs> but they would drop off uh, medications. They drop off food. They drop off um, a, a little, like I, I needed to pull soximeters and I dropped that off. Um, of all things, my husband had his birthday and not, I, you know, it's not like I could go out and get a birthday cake. And somebody actually bought a birthday cake that said happy Aww. birthday Brian and brought it. And, and um, you know, and it was kind of like, again, that, that hearkening back to, wow, you know, we, when push comes to shove and technology is not the answer and technology doesn't make us feel better, then we have to rely on people again. And how, it, you know, that, that I actually credit that to helping keep me alive because I felt that people were really invested and involved in, in seeing me through this. And yeah, and I, I, I set up a Caring Bridge account. You know, that's that, um, that, that website where uh, I think it's specifically for 
sick or ill people to get, to keep their loved ones up to date on their their progress. And so I opened up a Caring Bridge account and I blogged kind of daily on how I felt, and that was very helpful as well. Um, all the all the comments and and the well wishes and the prayers that I felt. Wow, I mean, it's, I just really feel that that was the emotional boost that that kept me here. Yeah. Um, so that's just one of the things that I that did help me in the uh, during and in the aftermath. Yeah, and I went on Facebook and. Um, I, I asked people to pray and send me energy healing or good vibes and because I could feel it when and I don't ask that a lot because obviously I don't get sick, you know, I don't ever get sick, but I'm trying to be transparent about what's going on with me too. So literally 30 minutes after I posted that on Facebook, I was laying in bed. And I suddenly got really hot. And I was like, oh my God, I can feel all the energy that people are sending me. Wow. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So and you know, I, I, I posted on Facebook a lot as well. I had to watch out for Facebook though, because uh, at the time people were sharing and resharing news bits about, about massive COVID deaths. And I would sometimes get caught up in those which really sucked, literally sucked the motivation out of me. And I thought, well, why am I sitting here hoping to live when 50, 50 odd priests in Italy died from COVID? It, it was, it was uh, life taking to tell you the truth. So um, I just I had to make a rule um, of, of how I govern and my, 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 my social media accounts because it could it could it was either building me up or tearing me down it was definitely not a um <laughs> stagnant kind of thing well luckily, um, luckily was- no one was sharing that kind of stuff while I was sick <laughs> they I tell you, well you know back then it was so new and novice that um I, there was all these terrible death stories and things like that and I would just again I couldn't turn on the tv um, yeah. I, I wasn't talking to anybody on the phone because I didn't have the lung capacity, but I just, again, regulated my social media to just my posts and, mm-hmm. and, and using it as a blog. And so people could, could send me um, well wishes. But another thing that really, really helped was right away, groups started forming of people who had COVID. And now I'm a member of a long haul survivor group. Mm-hmm. And what was really great about that support group was we were almost like the guinea pigs, meaning we were so early and we were experiencing all of these symptoms and treatments that we would discuss with each other before I'd hear things on the media. So it almost felt like we were sharing the cutting edge information that was lacking in our normal channels that we would look to for everything. But I have to say like, for instance, uh, two months after I got COVID, all my hair started falling out, about half my hair fell out. Not that I have great hair or thick hair to begin with, but you know, you know, a lot of women like me are vain in that way. We love our hair or just, right. you know, we, we want something there on that head, you know? So, um, I, I, you know, I would look around the media, nobody was reporting anything about hair loss. And it really scared me because I knew something was causing this. And then um, I'd get on the support group and other people would say, yep, 
you know, if they were too, there was a lag time. So if, if people had had it for like the two months that I had had it, um, everybody was saying, yes, I had it in March and now, yes, my hair is falling out. So I, it made me feel so much better to know and, and to learn from each other what the media was not covering. And of course, you know, give it another month or two, then all the, the media was talking about the hair loss symptom. And, but, but we were so new that I, we were all learning from each other because doctors didn't know, the media wasn't reporting it, they didn't know. And so um, I can't tell you how, how, how much I leaned on those like online support groups as well. Yeah, and you know what? The information is still not out there. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I, I mean, I'm a researcher. I used to do research for the government. So I like to go online and you know look things up. I know a lot of people don't do that, which I think is crazy. But anyway, I like to... <laughs> I like to, you know, do my research, um, get information and it's still hard to, but this is where, you know, it's important to connect with people who went through it, you know, like you and I did and share the stories and the experience because that's not being, that's not what's being written on in the media. And we know the media is slanted. You know, they tend to focus on the negative and the outrageous stories. And the interesting thing that I found was, you know, because I posted it on Facebook that I got COVID, a bunch of people came to me privately and told me that they had it too. And they mm-hmm. never said anything. Like, I didn't know it. And I was like, I didn't right. know you had it. And it's like a stigma. Like, people don't right, want right, to right, talk right. about it. Yeah, I agree. I same experience. I was like, "Really? You didn't tell anybody? You know, even just to have people pray for you." And I and I mentioned that in, in in my book that you know, again, there's some personality types that are already just kind of private who don't want to let people in. But I looked at it as whether you're an Enneagram Seven or an Enneagram Nine, you know, who is a more a more private personality type. You know, we all are. We need other people. We need each other. And don't close yourself off so much to where you don't have that kind of interaction that can really prove uh, very beneficial and helpful for you. And, and it's also a blessing to others to, to try to bless you. I right. mean, like uh, people really wanted to show their support by, by giving me meals or, or do, like, I can't tell you how many people um, said, oh, I've got the perfect enzyme for that, or oh, I yeah. want you and I was like that's fabulous and they just they so uh, I had a friend from college I haven't she's only even a new Facebook friend I, I remember loving her in college but it's been a long time since college and we really haven't connected since then she probably sent me $300 worth of stuff and it was all um uh healthy you know which which I love and and I, I really did use and I completely appreciate it but it's you know it's a blessing to try to bless somebody going through a hard time and you're denying people the opportunity to be blessed to try to bless you and so there's there there's a lot going into I I I, I totally um I respect people who have more of a sense of privacy than I do, but there's a, there's a point where we really need to reach out and rely on other people for our mental and our physical health. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I was sick, I had friends come drop off medicine and I had really bad sinus headaches and headaches every day. 
And a friend of mine who's a holistic um, health expert in her own right, she said, you're probably lacking uh, electrolytes and you need to drink coconut water. So I blasted my friends. I said, if you happen to go to the store today, pick me up a couple of bottles of coconut water. And that yeah. did it. That knocked out the headache. Yes. And she went through. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, so grateful. Again, that... again, it's just uh, reaching out when you need to reach out. Right. You know, we need and, each other. And We're I know you that we need you mentioned that you're still, your smell is still not back. Um, that same friend recommended milk thistle um, tincture mm. to try to, she's helped several people get their smell back mm. by taking that. So maybe check that out. Um, mine is slowly coming back. It's not 100% yet, but I do see a difference. This is funny. So like every time I take a shower, I can smell my shampoo more. <laughs> yeah, Whereas in the beginning, I smelled nothing, like nothing. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, you know, and I have to say to, to segue into um, kind of a bigger picture is I, I did have an inkling that I might get a bad case because my husband and I are kind of survivors of 9-11 mm -hmm. and our immune system and health has been compromised from that event 20 years ago and as it did thousands of others and so when the whole COVID experience came out we I have to say we weren't completely surprised because we already have a compromised immune system. And in fact, a lot of people who lived in close proximity of 9-11 or who was affected by 9-11 and the toxic, um, nauseous, poisonous dust that, it, that the Twin Towers produced when they came down um, have, have died in mass mm -hmm. uh, during COVID. So because, um, so it's almost like one, one calamity fed into another calamity, meaning yeah. surviving 9-11 gave me, I, I absolutely believe, a worse case of COVID. Because I mean, and it's 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 been proven, it's 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 done so to to several others as well. So um yeah, so when I got this bad case of COVID, I, I felt that, well, it's probably because of nine and nine living through 9-11 and being completely ex exposed to that toxic dust. And and then that was part of the anger. I guess you would say after in the aftermath of COVID, thinking, okay, now since I do have like a firsthand account of surviving 9-11, and now I have a firsthand account of being one one of the earlier cases, uh, severe cases of COVID. Wow, I mean, there was a there was a time when I was thinking, is it time to leave New York? Is that the meaning I'm gonna attach to it? Mm -hmm. Is that the message? Is that the takeaway? is uh, both of these things were caught in New York City and both were, uh, um, were life-threatening. The two times when I almost died were the two times that were, uh, at least at the time, was, was, was pretty New York City-centric. I mean, obviously COVID is everywhere now, but still, mm -hmm. um, so, so I just, I, you know, there was, a t I did actually, uh, my husband and I took some time away from New York and we lived in my hometown in Florida for a good, you know, solid year after COVID, because I felt like I have to reassess that. I want to make sure that 
that um, if it's time to go, if this is a message to go, um, then I, I want to listen to it. I want to hear it. I want to respond to it. And I want to take some time away to think about that. But I was also kind of angry at this city. I was like, dadgummit. It's true. <laughs> Twice, not once, but twice. <laughs> yeah, you know, the problem with living in, in New York City, it feels everything intensely. So because of the number of people and and like every recession that I experienced in New York City was just so intense. You know, like you could see it, the, the crack epidemic, like you could see it, you yeah. know, yeah, you yeah, could very see, visual. right. It's in the street. The police are arresting people and crack valves are falling out of their pockets. I mean, it's like everything's like more intensified in New York City. So what did you come up with? Are you are you staying or are you going? That's a great that's a great question because I really did do some chilling out, chillaxing, soul searching. Are we on the cusp of a a new beginning somewhere. It doesn't even have to be my hometown in Florida, but is this, do, are we, do we need to move in another direction at this point? And since my husband's job since COVID has gone permanently online and I'm now a writer, mm -hmm. then I thought, well, we, we could live anywhere. And so since we can, maybe we should, and maybe again, those two calamities were the, were the message that it's, that it's time to move on. But, um, so, so we were, we're in Florida and then I had the opportunity, we still have our home, um, in, in, in Manhattan. So we came back and which is where I am now. And part of it was, I wanted to, to revisit my home and see how I felt back in the environment after going through, you know, the anger had died down. The frustration had died down. I was just living a life and writing and, and moving on, right, in Florida, came back to New York City to, to, you know, how have I made my peace? And not only that, it was a city I've loved for so long. I've lived here since I was 23 years old, and I'm like 52, you know, mm -hmm. so, um, you know, how, let, me, let me get this sense if, if uh, the atmosphere here is, is, is speaking to me of, of, yeah, it's time to move on or remembering my first love of, of, of living here and being here and it was very interesting you know being back because um I, I have had kind of all these emotions of like you know I, I've I've enjoyed my life here I have so many friends I really after 30 years as a person does I really did make a big life here for myself and my husband as well and um so it was really great to revisit and it was great to to kind of, again, wrestle with myself again of, well, you know, I'm really open to, I really am flexible and open to going anywhere, doing anything. But I guess the biggest takeaway since I've been here is the appreciation of 30 years of making friends and, and loving living here and knowing this town so well and appreciating it for what it is. And yeah, I mean, it's going through some hard times. COVID hit it hard. And, and I said, New York can, is a tough place to live, but it's also a punching bag. You know, yeah. um, again, I mean, when, when, it, when it really succumbed to COVID, 
people were like the plague, the plague, and I feel like it still has that aura uh, of 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 the plague is still very here and has brought the cities to its knees. And I guess I would say since I've been here is um, you know I'm realizing no nope, nothing breaks the spirit in New York City. It can be a little down but it, it ain't out that's for sure and people have a, a huge loyalty to this city who live here mm-hmm. and I get that I really do I get that and I appreciate it and I I I, I feel it and sense it since I've been here of, of a, a, a strong strong loyalty to yeah we've been through some hard times we've got some a uh, couple of hard years ahead but damn it mm, you know we're we're picking up the piece. We are marching on, and I tell you, I just I appreciate that kind of rebuilding, revitalizing spirit. Uh, it's almost like people who who stayed. There, there are little pioneers of of I'm going to stick it for the long haul, and not nothing against people who felt that it was time to go. Mm-hmm. It is a transient city anyway, in, in the best of times. But um, I appreciate what what people have gone through here and how they how. Uh, you know, kind of like the, the buck up, we're going to, we're going to make this work and we're going to change and we're going to adapt and we're going to do the best we can. And we love the city. And I, whether it's New York or anywhere, I just, I appreciate that attitude. Right. You know, New Yorkers are tough and, you know, mm-hmm. Frank Sinatra, he said, you make it here, you'll make it anywhere. You wasn't kidding. <laughs> yeah. It's a very yeah. specific thing. It's not an easy city to live in. Yeah. I know people think it's great to visit and it is. It, it has its challenges living here that, that are very specific to here. And it's either some ice cup of tea or it's really not. And it has been mine for 30 years and I just really appreciate it. I still don't know what, what's the future gonna hold, but here's the good news. The good news is, is we're free to, to explore and, and to be led in any direction. And we're very open to it. And, and um, thank goodness, uh, it's really a lot having to do with the flexibility stability of my husband's job yeah. and the income that 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 uh, produces not everybody has these wonderful options that we do and I do appreciate that very much so that that we do but we do um thankfully um have some options and and I'm really open to what what we're going to be up to next so is there anywhere you're pulled toward or you would be interested in living this sounds uh, this sounds funny if, if, if you're not uh, familiar with with me and my background is uh, I'd like to live in South Africa, and yes, I'm very aware of um, of um, some some recent issues there, um, and but I've been going there for the last ten years every single year, and um, I, I stay up to about two months out of the year there, and I've formed friends ships all over the country and I just kind of feel like at 52 I am I wouldn't mind a large change um and um I for some reason I have a a big affinity for that country and have for a while ever since I stepped foot in it and I would like to at least have a season uh, let's just call it that of living over there and I'm up for a major change and I'm up for um, really rocking the boat and, and um, doing something very different. So, um, and, and thankfully my husband feels the same way as well. So okay. yeah, that's, 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 uh, that's, that's exciting. I've never been there, but I've heard it's beautiful. I mean, for me, like I always got, I've been wanting to go South since my early twenties and my New York friends are like, why would you want to go to 
the South. I'm like, I don't know. I've, I have a pull. I call it, I'm feeling pulled toward there. Yeah. 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 It's not logical. Yeah. Nothing to do with that. <laughs> yeah. No, there's, there's no logic. There's, yeah. there's really no reason that I would feel such a connection to that country. Uh, I don't, our country doesn't at all share its history. It has a very unique one, it, <clears throat> which I, I love to learn about, but I can't begin to say that I have a grasp on it because I think it's one of those you had to have been brought up and be South African to really get it. And I, 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 I honor that. But it is fascinating to me. I, <clears throat> I love the diversity there. It's a, it's a very beautiful country. I love the music. I love, I love kind of everything about it, but I really love my friends at this point. So, well, we, you know, we'll, we'll see. But, you know, I feel like a lot of people that uh, when they go traveling, that, that um, there are different countries for no rhyme or reason that they feel, they, they get there and they're like, whoa, this, I don't know why. But this or states it doesn't have to be international so I, I I'm probably one of you know like most people that somehow you you go someplace new and you're like oh there's something there's something in me that is connecting deeply with this place and I don't know why and then for me again it was South Africa so yeah I call it yeah. it resonates with your vibration yeah 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 yeah, and that it resonates with you. There's no why or how or it just does. And I have to say, I, I do appreciate New Yorkers. And my one of my favorite areas of South Africa is, is Zululand. And I have definitely found that Zulus are very, the Zulu tribe is very much like New Yorkers. I, some, Interesting. I kind of feel like <laughs> But yeah, um, a South African would laugh at me saying this, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So Zulus are very New York-y. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and well, like, I'm very used to. I, I, I really resonate with, um, Latin America. Like I'm pulled down there too. That's cool. I'm, That's I'm, cool. and I love Mexico so much. And it's weird that I, I have a friend who's a very close friend who's Mexican and we're like the same person, you know, like the way we look at life, the way we react, how we view things, you know? So my heritage is my mother's Filipino and there, you know, they grew up with mm -hmm. Spain being the colonizer there. So maybe that's the connection, but I don't know. I don't, I don't care. It's just what I feel, you know? Yeah. So exactly. I, exactly. I, could, I don't think you have a connection, right? I would move a to heritage. Mexico in a second. I would go down to and explore South America. Yes, that resonates with me. So it's nice because out of COVID, people work at home more. You know, they don't go to the office. So now we actually do have freedom and where we can live. So same situation here. We could live anywhere. Um, yeah, we do have kids in school awesome. though, so we don't want to pick them up and <laughs> move them too much. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, my yeah. husband and I actually didn't end up having any children. We've been married 21 years and in every way we're pretty free to, um, we do have, um, I, I do spend time 
with my mother who's still in my hometown in Florida mm -hmm. and I need to check in on her. You know, she's, she's, um, she's doing great, but she is getting a little older. And so we, um, check on her quite a bit, but, um, apart from our, our new puppy, our COVID puppy, we're pretty footloose and fancy free. Nice. That's yeah, a perfect she's been, place uh, to be. Our, our baby been very flexible. Um, I remember we bought her in Florida and then came up to New York City and I was like, whoa, I don't know how much she's going to like New York City. In fact, she probably is not because she's, she loves grass and the woods and there's a three acre uh, dog park in my hometown in Florida that she just loved and she loved the dogs there. I'm like, oh, she's not going to find that kind of a park, you know, in in uh, New York City. And I tell you, she loves it here. She, I, I, I think she likes it here more than than florida and i think it's because there's dogs everywhere but at any rate so it's nice, nice to find out that she's very flexible because she's gonna have to be in this family right so <laughs> what kind of what kind of symptoms are you still having now no well, so yeah the, the 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 taste and smell also i had what they would call like nerve ending damage so i you know, I still feel all these very strange sensations all over my body, which is unnerving. I'm getting used to them now, but yeah, they're, un they're, they're unnerving. I, I go to doctor appointments literally all the time. I went to one Friday, I went to one this past Monday, and I, you know, I still have lots of uh, blood that's uh, different things in it are out of range that I have to look into. My digestive system, which is really what the virus attacked in my mm -hmm. body, is mm -hmm. definitely not the same. And so I, I, I attend to that constantly. My sleep patterns have changed a lot. I was one of these great sleepers. I would hit the bed and go straight to sleep. Now I'm more of a dozer and I, I don't accept it because you know I, I know the opposite, which is I just love sleeping, great sleeper. I wake up completely refreshed. And now I doze a lot and I, and I end up napping a lot. And so that's something definitely I'm, I'm not going to stand for. I can actually handle this, the smell and the taste less. So the, um, the, 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 the new sleeping arrangements. So there's, there's, there's quite a few like lingering things. And I have to say, I gained a lot of weight in last year and um, with the COVID because, you know, after, after I recovered, I, I really didn't, it was such a long process of recovery that I remember when I first attempted a long walk and got to understand in New York City, I walk about eight miles a day, mm -hmm. which is kind of normal, yeah. uh, maybe a little bit more than the average New Yorker, but I had a hard time busting through a mile and um, for months afterwards, which really bummed me out and scared me because I'm so, yeah. I'm not much of an exerciser, I'm a walker and I couldn't walk much. So I didn't move much last year. And I think there was, you know, that general kind of malaise feel and maybe a little bit of depression that I ate a lot. And tell mm -hmm. you the truth, I kind of didn't care. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you know what? Um, I, I, you know, uh, I just, I'm, I'm glad to have survived that, but I, I'm kind of a little bummed as well. So I just, I just indulged, tell you the truth, I indulged myself and just said, you know what? I'm going to collect myself, regroup and gather when I need to, you know, and I read this really interesting thing about uh, an, an article about two months ago, and it really resonated with me. It was an article about weight gain during COVID, if you got COVID, right? Because a lot of people, again, like myself, gained weight 
and the aftermath. And it had this wonderful take on it. It said, you know, your body got you through a deadly, potentially deadly disease. Be thankful, be grateful, be happy, be proud, love your body for beating it. Mm -hmm. Don't chastise it because you put on a few. And all of a sudden I really went from you know what? I'm defective. What's wrong with me? I still have these issues, and you know, to to like, oh, I love you. Thank you so much. <laughs> and um, oh. I do have an actual uh, pinpointed date where it's time to take things into hand. Not a diet per se, um, but I, I have a program that I'm I, I'm kind of finalizing right now of of re regaining myself. So. Um, that I'm excited about, but, but yeah, so, um, yeah, that's, 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 that's the, um, uh, that's the gist of it. But I have to say, um, you know, to this day, I'm, I'm kind of on the upswing. I definitely am not addled with feeling depressed or angry. I'm ready to get on with things mm -hmm. and I'm ready to, I feel like I'm about to embark on what I call chapter three, you know, just ready for ready and excited about, about the next thing. So, yeah. So when you were sick or afterwards, did you get, did you, cause you know, there is a collective energy and there's collective emotion, you know, not just ours that we can feel. I can definitely feel it. I have to shield myself from it actually. Um, did you ever feel that? Well, that may, you know, some, maybe some emotions or thoughts may not be coming from you, but outside of you or connected to the virus. I felt, I, I did feel, I, I'll be honest with you. I, it's not just the virus. I feel that in the air in general is an attack mode, um, a, a, an oppressive not, not, not tangibly, not horribly, nothing that can't be overcome, but just in general, you know, I went to, um, after, after I recovered, I went to a holistic person who mm -hmm. did all, all kind of things on my body. I'd never done anything like that before. I was open to anything. Mm -hmm. uh, I went to acupuncture. I'd never done acupuncture before just because I felt like, wow, my body has just went through hell and I'm, in any way that is going to resonate to me to connect back with it, I want to do. So I was trying all these interesting things I'd never tried before. And I remember that woman who had done this kind of holistic approach had said, there's a lot of negative charge in the air. And I never really heard that before. And, and, and I that wasn't ex her exact words, but it was along those lines. And there was something about it that said, she's right. I feel like there's an electricity that's off. And it has been you know, for, for maybe a year or two. And I still feel it now. And I, I I'm not going to, I'm not going to say what I think it is or it came from or its origination or anything like that, because the, I don't even think that's, 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 that's important. It, what's important is that um, if there is such a thing of, of a negative charge in the air, then we have to take our personal responsibility to try to overcome it and to, 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 to be a light and to provide light through it. And instead of succumbing to the negative charge. So it's almost like it requires some extra effort because 
the the default would be to join in with the negativity and mm -hmm. uh, i think you actually have to actively combat it to not be sucked into it yeah. so it's just all a matter of um do you recognize or do you believe in you know what i'm putting forth or what you know this holistic person put a, put forth and and are willing to to um, not be sucked in and um, and to to expend the energy to to try to be a light when it's just so easy just to be as negative as because I want to gosh I feel very strongly about things and right. um, politics and this and that and um, but using it to oppress and to to be unkind is is the default I think in most people nowadays and it's it's a real battle to not do that. So that's, that's just my take on things. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that's exactly what's happening right now. And people are getting sucked in. Even I feel like I'm getting sucked into it, you know? Sure. And when I, and when I was, Amazing. when I was sick, I, I was going down the rabbit hole of, I'm sure you did this too. You know, oh, on day three, am I just going to get like suddenly sick and have to go to hospital. Like that's the last thing I want to do. And I had to like mantra myself out of it. You know, I had to say, I am a healthy person. I have a good immune system. I can fight this because I was getting all these scary thoughts. But a reason why I asked about the collective is because I felt like, and it's hard to explain this, that the virus collectively comes with a fear of dying and I felt that fear and it wasn't necessarily coming from me that there was something about being sick with it or within the virus or whatever the collective that had gone through it that's what I was feeling and when I became aware that was like oh no 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 I'm not gonna I'm not going to have this energy around me. I'm going to disconnect from this energy. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay, you know, um, so with my faith, my Christian faith, it, the Bible talks a lot of, uh, about fear against fear. And so I felt again, defective for feeling fear mm. because that's, that's against really kind of my belief system. But I realized that my, my fear was, a lot of it was rooted on, if this was the end of the road for me, if this virus was gonna kill me, how was it gonna kill me? Because let me tell you, I was in so much physical pain. I don't like being in pain. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I was afraid of the amount of pain I'd endure before the end happened. And I, I just did not want to stay in that state. I, I, I wanted to die. If I was going to die, I'd rather just go, right? Because I just, I hated that, that pain. And how it was going to attack you was, you know, you know as, like I said, if it was an alien inside my body uh, and it's, it's, it's a morphed and done all kinds of crazy things to different people's bodies and it's, it's adjusted, it, it adjust to your body. And I'm like, what form is it going to take? in my body. And that was the unknown of it was, 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 was fearful. And, and the concern about the, about the pain to go through. So, so that's where, you know, I had to do some reckoning with myself about, about, about fear, but I, I mean, I agree. I mean, the, the, essentially, at least it was for me, the virus was all bent on destruction and bent on ending my life as it was 
for countless people and it, and it was successful and uh, and countless people. So I felt I felt like, wow, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a feeling of being out of control. You don't really have control over this. And mm -hmm. we're all so used to so much control. And it's, it's, it's daunting to feel that you don't have control over something. When, when most days we walk around feeling in complete control. So yeah, it was, it was very foreign to my previous experience and, 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 and definitely a level of fear. Well, I have to say this was so timely because I was just talking, I was just, I didn't even talk about it. It was in my head. I was just thinking I would really love to talk to someone about some of this feelings that I've been going through. And here you come, you're on my calendar. <laughs> and we happened to talk about it today, but I know we're approaching an hour and you have to go. But Christina, I would love to have you back because I really want to talk about your 911 book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially, you know, the 20 year anniversary is coming up. Can you believe it's been 20 years? Yeah. So it definitely brought a lot of things back and I've done a lot of, a lot of uh, memories and walked down memory lane and, and uh, it's, it'll be an intense time. So um, yeah, I, I love to love to talk about it. And I, it's, I love to talk about it because I never want it forgotten. And I feel like there's, there's a, a piece of me that, that would do whatever it needs whatever I need to do to um, inform people who might not know, you know, much about 9-11. So I'm always available to talk about it because it's something that we as a country should never forget. Yeah, so let's definitely set that up. And again, Christina is the author of Faith in the Face of COVID-19 and Out of the Shadow of 9-11. And please share with the audience how they can contact you if they would like. Yeah, so my website is ChristinaRayStanton.com, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-R-A-Y-S-T-A-N-T-O-N.com, and my two books are there, but also I've written a lot of articles about COVID, about 9-11, um, so you can look those up or, or shoot me a, a question because there's a little feature there that I'm happy to answer. And I'll have all, all her contact info in the notes for the episode and thank you so much Christina thank for you. being on the show I really enjoyed talking with you and I appreciate that you wrote these books and shared your experiences with everyone so that's what's important that we connect on that level and share our stories yeah stories are important yeah thank stories you so much help each other. thank right. you for having me on Thank you for listening. If you have a weird experience to share, please email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Check out our website on tinakinneyclark.com. Also, we're on Facebook and like us on Facebook and share your favorite episodes with your friends and family. I look forward to hearing about your weirdest experience.